Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. I'm Lena Lahire, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, best-selling author, and psychology student at the University of Calgary. I'll be discussing topics that range from nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and everything in between so you can feel confident in how to move towards better health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get into our topic for the day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. It is October 8th, 2019, and we just had a big dump of snow overnight. So it was nice yesterday. I woke up this morning and it is laden with snow here in Calgary, Alberta. So winter is on its way and that's okay. I like the summer, but it's good to have seasons. It's good to have times of rest and renewal and regeneration, Uh, which brings me into today's topic. I'm going to be talking about hypothalamic amenorrhea also known as HA. So when I say HA, that's what I mean. And that's when you lose your period. So I'm going to talk about HA from a patient perspective, not a clinical perspective, because that is out of my scope of practice. So I'm not going to talk about it like I know everything about what people should do if they've lost their period or what protocols to follow. That's not what this episode is about. I am currently dealing with HA right now and I'm working with a doctor, an endocrinologist. So this is about my health journey. And my hope is that if someone's listening right now and you've lost your period, It's so important to go and get help. It's not okay to not have a period. That's not a healthy body. And I want to give you permission to heal your body. So I'm going to come at it more from a mind-body perspective, what I'm doing currently, and hopefully if there's someone that's going through the same thing, you'll get some insight and maybe the motivation to go and seek help yourself. Because as a woman, we have so, as women, we have so much pressure put on us to look a certain way, to have it all, to have the career, to have the kids, to have the body, to have everything. And it's too much. It's not realistic something's going to give, something's going to break when we have this focus of I need it all, I have to be all. Usually what happens when you lose your period, now this is the second time, maybe third, we'll say second or third, we'll say second, second time that I have lost my period. I have not had it for six months. My last period was a week before my 30th birthday. Um, I was 165 pounds, I'm six foot one, and I had been currently getting 
leaner and leaner. I had struggled with bulimia for quite a number of years, around seven years. That was the first time I lost my period. Now, I wasn't underweight when I was bulimic. I was sitting at around 190. My heaviest weight was 210 pounds. And I was exercising like a maniac six days a week, running, doing like all sorts of things, um, cutting out carbs, you name it, which is like classic, <laughs> classic things that we do as women that's going to make us lose our period regardless of our weight. So it's important to realize that even if you're not underweight, you can still lose your period if you're putting your body under stress, either stress through excessive exercise or stress through restrictive eating, particularly cutting out carbohydrates. So that was the first time that I lost my period. I started to heal my body by slowing down. I stopped going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. I started walking and doing Pilates. I got into bar and for three, four years, my period was fine. It was there. I've never really had a super regular cycle because I had been on birth control since the age of 15. That's just what doctors did. You had cramps or you had acne. They just put you on birth control. So that was, that's a whole nother topic and that is completely out of my scope of practice, but that is fraught with other dangers as well. But I had started to heal my body. I stopped weighing myself because I was so discouraged. Um, I beat bulimia. I overcame it. I have not been bulimic for five years, over five years. And my period returned. My cycle happened. I had about six or a seven week cycle, which I know sounds long. And it is long, but that was my cycle and it was consistent. So then I started to run again and my weight started to go down. I also got the news around my birthday that my grandpa was really sick and my grandparents are my foundation. They are everything to me. So he had cancer, he beat it, the cancer came back, and all of a sudden I had my whole world turned upside down. I had an episode of IBS that lasted over a month where I had diarrhea every single day. It didn't matter what I ate, what I cut out, nothing was working for my body. I wasn't getting any nutrients. I was fatigued, and on top of that, I continued to exercise at a high intensity, not as high as I once did, like I wasn't completely thrashing my body by any means, um, but it was too much. I was digging for energy reserves that weren't there. I was also not eating before my workouts because I'd get up really early in the morning and I'd just go to the gym without having anything. So it ended up being a good at least 14, if not 15 hours of not eating. So I was intermittent fasting, but not necessarily intentionally. I just have always 
not eaten in the evening because it messes with my digestion and I don't sleep as well. But not eating breakfast before the gym was, again, I was digging in energy reserves that weren't there in an already stressed body. And I started to lose more and more weight, but I wasn't consciously doing it. I was eating, I wasn't consciously restricting what I was eating, but I was not eating enough for the activity that I was doing. And I was not eating enough for the amount of stress that my body was under. I wasn't nourishing my body. I started to exercise more and run more because I was so stressed out about losing this person in my life. It was the only way I felt like I could get control back was to run faster or eat a certain way or be hyper vigilant about my health, um, which I was and am battling through that right now and being hyper vigilant about my husband's health because maybe that will change something or maybe I won't get sick or maybe he won't get sick. You know, whatever, whatever the reason is that we start to control our surroundings or what we're doing, it's always out of a place of fear. So my period stopped and I thought it would come back and lo and behold, it didn't. So I am currently working, like I said, working with a doctor, endocrinologist to get my period back in a healthy way. And it's been challenging. It has been really challenging. My weight went down to 153 pounds. And that might not sound like a big jump because the last time I got my period, I was 165. But then 153 pounds, I lost that amount of weight in like three months. And I was already really lean at 165 pounds. And for the weight to come off that quickly in a stressed body, just completely tipped the the scales, for lack of better terms. Um, So now I have to find a way to cope with stress that doesn't involve exercising every day. And that is very challenging. And I think one of the first things, if you have lost your period and you're dealing with hypothalamic amenorrhea and I want to caveat that by saying I've had all the tests done I've had blood work done I've had I've had everything done to rule out something more sinister it is this is what it is I'm dealing with functional hypothalamic amenorrhea so you can't just self-diagnose yourself if you've lost your period there's There's probably a good chance, you know, if you're really athletic, you have a low body fat percent, you're not eating enough, you overexercise, there's a pretty good chance you're dealing with HA as well, but you have to go and get that ruled out. You have to make sure that something else isn't going on and you can't self-diagnose yourself when it comes to your endocrine system. You have to go and get qualified help for that and get blood work done. So... I just want to put that out there that I'm not self-diagnosing myself. I've had all my blood work done and I'm, I'm working very closely with my doctor 
who probably regrets giving me his cell phone number <laughs> because I uh, text him weekly. But that aside, if you have lost your period, you have probably Googled it once or twice. I'm just going to put it out there. We all go to Dr. Google from time to time. You've probably looked at different articles saying you need to stop exercising and only walk and do yoga. You need to eat more. And there's all of these different things that all of these websites are telling you to do. But at the end of the day, everyone's journey and body is different. And so to go off a website and try and create your own program to get your period back might work, but it's very dangerous to do that. And to just blanketly believe what you're reading, and it could be qualified research and evidenced, but it doesn't mean that it's right for you. So that's why it's so important that you work with someone really closely. For me, my plan of action is to cut back my exercise, both in duration and intensity, and to eat more. Because when you get really lean, and I got down to about 14%, 13% body fat, again, I wasn't trying, but it's too lean. It's too lean for a woman. And when, whether you're trying to or not, there's consequences that come with being that lean as a woman. We can't expect our bodies to function properly if we have this pop and six pack. And maybe some women's bodies do function optimally like that and they get their period and nothing is wrong and that's fine. But for the majority of women, when we get to that low of a body fat percent, our body starts to shut down those systems that are not needed for survival because we're under stress. And that's the price that we pay when we're trying to look a certain way. And like I said, I wasn't trying to look a certain way, but I have been, if I'm being honest with myself, and it's, you know, that's the other that's the other part of this. You have to be honest about what you're doing to your body. I have been hypervigilant about health, food, and exercise, and militant since I got the diagnosis of my grandfather being sick because I'm using it as a form of control and a form of stress relief where anytime I felt stress, I just wanted to run. I just wanted to run away. And I use that running away as actual running but that didn't change what was going on in my life. And so I still had to face that music of the mortality of someone that I love. And, and it's so important to realize the things that are causing you to use exercise or restrict food that's making your body unhappy and not function properly. And that's the price that we pay when we're trying to look like women in the magazines and fitness magazines and and 
that, that sounds archaic when I say it now because we don't even look at magazines anymore. We just go on Instagram and we see all this fitspiration and these women that have these rock hard lean bodies and we think they are the epitome of health and we strive to look like that. And the more we strive to look like that, the more extreme we have to be and the more extreme that we are, the more stress we put our body under. And I'm telling you right now, if you have lost your period, your body is not healthy. It doesn't matter how good you look and how lean you are, you are not healthy. I am not at my healthiest. And it's been very interesting as I have lost, you know, this weight and gotten really lean, how many compliments I've gotten on my appearance and how people have said, what are you doing? You look so good. And I'm not healthy. I'll be the first to admit I'm not healthy. And it's so interesting how we look at someone who is struggling with their health and they look good on the outside and we think that there's nothing wrong with them. And then we look at someone who could be 20, 30 pounds overweight. And I say that in quotations overweight because what is too big and too small, right? Like it's so dependent on each person. But we look at that person and we think they're not healthy. They have no willpower. We have no friggin' idea what that person is. They could be, they probably are a lot healthier than someone who is underweight. They're probably getting a normal cycle. And like I said, this is very generalized and everyone is so individual. But if someone's body is functioning properly, here's what I'm saying. If someone's body is functioning properly and they're 20 pounds heavier than they'd like to be, does it matter? And if someone's body is functioning properly and they're really lean and athletic, does it matter? No, but if our body isn't functioning properly and it will tell us through things like losing a period or poor digestion or poor sleep or all of these different symptoms, they're not the issue. They're a sign from our body that all is not well. And we need to listen to those signs and those symptoms that our body is giving us to realize that something needs to change. Something has to give. And that is where I'm at in my life right now. And apart from, so the first, the first most important thing that you can do if you've lost your period and you think it's due to hypothalamic amenorrhea, excess exercise, not enough calories, too much stress on the body, is to go and get help. To go and get professional help, see a doctor, see a dietitian, see an endocrinologist, get a team around you that will help you. And then the second thing that you can do on your own, you could do it with the help of a counselor, but you need to give your body permission to gain weight. And you need to give your body permission to function how it's meant to, regardless of how that looks like. And it probably will mean if you are really lean, it will probably mean gaining weight. And that can be really scary, especially if you have tried to lose weight in order to get to where you are. And 
and being successful at losing weight and then thinking about having to gain weight can be really scary, especially if you have um, dealt with an eating disorder or are currently eating with disordered eating patterns. It's so important that you really have someone helping you, a professional helping you to get back to a healthy weight in a healthy way. So to have a healthy mindset as you get back to health. For me, yeah, the thought of gaining weight is, it's not how it used to be. I'm not afraid to gain weight. I'm trying to gain weight right now. So in a sense, it's actually been, it's actually been kind of fun because I get to spend this season nourishing my body and feeding myself because I didn't realize how much I really needed to be eating and how much I was under eating for my activity level because I was so stressed and I started school full time. I had, um, done my intro psychology courses and I'm in school full time, I don't eat when I'm stressed. I lose my appetite. And so I was severely under eating for my activity level and my build. I'm a six foot one woman. I need to eat. We as women, we need to eat. Um, so it's been, it's been fun and I get to nourish my body and practice self-care in the ultimate way and that's feeding myself and not being restrictive the other thing i want to mention is the rise of keto diets veganism all of these things do not help they can be helpful maybe for a time under the guidance of someone professional but generally they're not helpful because they're cutting out full groups of food. I have been plant-based for quite some time now, and I didn't eat dairy for three years because I watched a documentary and was convinced that dairy was bad. Do you know how much damage, both physically and psychologically, it is to follow advice that isn't backed up in science there and and everyone is so individual do you know how dangerous that is so i've been robbing my body of nutrients possibly vitamin d calcium iodine because i watched a documentary do you know how stupid that is if you're one of those people that have watched some documentaries and decided that you're going to change your entire diet because you believe that these foods are unhealthy, then you need to go and give your head a shake and you need to actually go and talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. If you're cutting out meat or dairy for ethical reasons, that's a different story. That is a completely different story. But again, then you need to make sure that you talk to someone to make sure that you're getting the healthiest diet that you can for you. And to make sure that what you're eating is balanced so you're getting those nutrients so you're not robbing your body of the things that it needs. Don't self-diagnose. Don't try and make your own programs up. Go and talk to someone that can help you. So cutting foods out for ethical reasons and cutting foods out because you think they're bad for you are two very different things and they need to be looked at very differently. 
when we attach labels like good or bad to food, it is a world of danger, a world of danger. It's not backed up in science to say a food is good or bad. Food has no moral value. It's not there plotting against you. It's just food. What we do with food can either be detrimental or beneficial to our health. So I just want to give that on a little side note. Don't be so hung up on cutting foods out because you think they're good or bad for you. Actually look at what the research is saying. So if you have lost your period, here's my advice. Stop restricting. Stop restricting what you're eating and just allow your body to eat. Now, as someone who struggles with IBS, there are certain foods that I can't eat. They hurt my stomach and it doesn't matter how healthy they are for other people. For me, they're not. So I have also worked with someone and worked with people to help get my IBS under control. And a lot of that has to do with the way we handle stress and our attitude. Yes, certain foods go into it. And I did a FODMAP elimination diet and reintegration, which is so important to reintegrate the foods back into your diet, not to stay on this really restrictive low FODMAP diet for life. That's not helpful. Um, so I know what foods, I have, a, I have a pretty good rough kind of draft of the foods that work for me and what doesn't, but I know one of my big IBS triggers is stress and I need to manage that in different ways. Um, so you need to not be restrictive with food and eat the foods that work for you. So I have added dairy back in. I was tested for celiac by blood work and I am not celiac. I could have told anyone that gluten is fine. It actually makes me feel really good when I eat bread and pasta. I feel just fine. But right now I'm focusing on gaining weight and eating more. And the other piece of research that's quite interesting and you can look this up for yourself, is when women lose their period, a lot of the time they're not eating enough carbohydrates. And if you have been on keto or a paleo follower, or you're really active, chances are you're not eating enough carbohydrates for your body and for your activity level. And we need a lot of carbohydrates, like 50% of our diet should be coming from carbohydrates, whether it's in the form of fruits and vegetables, which are predominantly carbohydrates, but we need, we need some serious carbohydrates in our system from whole grains and beans and pulses and nuts and seeds and things that have high fiber. Like we need these in abundance. So that's the other piece of advice I'm not a registered dietitian, but I do know that we need to eat more carbohydrates, especially as women, especially as active women. If you're a woman who's active, if you go to the gym and you live an active lifestyle, you need carbohydrates, girl. Like you need to help your body out. You need to help your hormones out and you need to feed yourself. And if that scares you, you need to get help. 
from someone who can help you understand why you don't feel like you can feed yourself and nourish your body or gain weight if you need to. And that's the psychological aspect. There's there's the physical side of actually needing to eat more and gain weight if that's your jam and that's what's going on. And like I said, there's a lot of women who may not necessarily be underweight when they lose their period, but it's the intensity at which they're exercising. And especially if they've been restricting their diet and then they binge and all of this stress is going on in the body and that can cause a loss of period as well. And everyone's journey is different. But if you need to gain weight, gain weight, which I expect that a lot of women do when they lose their period and they're athletic, then you need to give yourself permission to gain weight and you need to put down the weapons against your body and love it. And I think that's what it really boils down to is why don't you love your body enough to let it heal? Why don't you love your body enough to let it be the weight that it needs to be to function properly? And that doesn't mean not exercising and taking care of it through healthy eating. It doesn't mean food, you know, this this hashtag food freedom doesn't mean just eat whatever you want and be super unhealthy. Well, it doesn't mean eat whatever you want, but it doesn't mean just eat a bunch of junk all the time and not exercise. Food freedom is about eating the foods that you want without guilt or shame and focusing on feeding your body, nourishing foods, foods that are going to build it up, but knowing that we don't just eat food to obtain nutrients. We eat food because we're human beings that eat food to nourish our soul as well. So there's there's eating healthy and there's there's just eating. And I think we when we have put it down to just eating for nutrients, we're, we're in a really bad place with food. And social media just perpetuates this. It's one of the reasons that I have been really absent from Instagram and social media. It's not healthy. It's not a healthy place to live every single day. It's incredibly unsocial, antisocial. Uh, which is funny because it's called social media. It's incredibly antisocial and very isolating and seems to perpetuate problems of negative body image and disordered eating patterns. So if you're someone who spends a lot of time on social media, I'd get off. And I'll rephrase that. If you're someone who spends a lot of time on social media comparing yourself to others and feeling bad about your body and feeling like you need to over-exercise or restrict your food intake, I'd get off social media. And I would be extra, extra mindful of who I listen to and who I have on my feed coming up regularly. If you have these women who go to the gym with these hard bodies posting their workouts or posting these stupid mirror selfies of their abs or glutes, like stop following them. It's so stupid. It's so vain. It's so life draining to follow and constantly have that in your face and be inundated. And I feel, I feel pity. I feel sad for the women that feel like they need to 
post those selfies all the time to gain that acceptance of their followers who are strangers that essentially don't don't really have any say in their life at all. Um, and that's sad. And that's a whole nother ball of wax too. <laughs> that's a whole nother psychological phenomenon going on there. Um, but if those are the people that you're following, I probably wouldn't. That would be my suggestion. I probably wouldn't um, because I don't think it's aiding to a better body image. And when we're dealing with health issues, like the loss of a period that's coming from excessive exercise, too low of calories, not enough carbohydrates, too much stress. We have to look at the things in our life that are self-imposed stressors, those stressors that don't need to be there. And there are things in our life that are going to be very stressful that we have absolutely no control over like losing someone who's very dear to us or the weather, <laughs> doing things that we don't want it to do or losing your job or you know whatever is going on in the world that we can't control, that's different. But the things that we can control, like how much exercise we do and the food that we eat and what we take into our minds and our thoughts every day, we do have the power to control those things and we can control them in a negative way or we can control them in a healthy way. So I would also suggest if you're dealing with HA is to be so mindful about those self-imposed stressors because they're not helping your body recover. And like I said, this is my journey. Um, this is going to be different for everyone. I know there's a lot of people that say, a lot of experts too, they're experts. A lot of experts that say you need to stop exercising completely um, and just do yoga and walking. That's not what I'm doing. And I'm working closely with health professionals. But I do know that the intensity has to come down. So that's the big thing for my workouts is still working out, but drastically cutting back that intensity. And I have reduced my workouts for sure by, you know, at least 40%. So that's quite big for me. I'm eating a ton of carbohydrates and oddly enough, I'm sleeping through the night. That's the other thing is if you're not eating enough, you're not going to sleep through the night, most likely. So if you're struggling with your sleep, maybe you need to look at how much you're eating or the foods that you're eating in a day. And since I started upping my carb intake, man, I have slept like a baby and I'm happy. Like I'm so much happier and it's a good season. That's the other thing is to have that mindset of, okay, I'm in a new season of my life. I'm healing my body. Things need to change. And now we go with the flow and we go with the ebbs and the flows of life and we allow ourselves to evolve as our life evolves as well. And that's the other crucial component is being okay with that change, even when it's uncomfortable. I hope, my hope is that whoever is listening to this, if you're struggling with your health, and maybe you haven't lost your period, but maybe you have this drive and this desire to be lean or to look like the women that you see on social media who have these rock hard bodies. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that's healthy and you don't know what their life is like. You don't know what their health is like. You don't know what their mental health is like. And I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't compare myself if I were you. And I would just really focus on healing your body and being the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. And that's going to look different than it does for other people. And if you're struggling, I'm going to say it again, if you're struggling with a health condition to go and get professional help of experts in that field, doctors and endocrinologists and dietitians and psychologists, go and get professional help. Don't look at someone's social media page and think, I'm just going to do what they do or find a website that has steps to get your period back. Like you don't know if that's going to work for you or supplements. Like you could just completely mess with your system. Go and get evidenced support from someone who is qualified in that field. And most importantly, give yourself permission to be what it needs to be. If I can leave you with anything, that's what I'm going to leave you with. Give your body permission to be the shape that it needs to be to function properly and to feel good and nourish yourself in whatever ways you have to. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes and please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.